This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Boy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I have the founder of pathmonk.com, Lucas Hench. Hey, Lucas, how are you today? Hey there. How are you doing, sir? Good, good, great. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. So today, we're going to be talking about how a better page speed helps with SEO and conversions. Lucas, I know you're an expert at this. I think you were working at Google before this. So kind of, yeah, tell us how you think about page speed and how that helps with SEO and conversions. Yeah, sure. So maybe a little bit of history, right? I was part of Google's mobile speed optimization team around two years back from now, right? And we were, you know, figuring out all the ways on how to improve your uh, page speed. And Google has been, you know, still then and still till today advocating quite a lot for it because there is a lot of benefits in speeding up your website, right? Undeniably, it helps in better rankings in the search results, right? Because Google takes this as a signal for your search results. And the reason for this is really because it's a better experience for a user, right? There's nothing worse than opening up a page um, that you know keeps blanking for what uh, 12 seconds, 15 seconds, yeah. maybe even longer, and therefore using lo- losing a lot of uh, users, right? And that's in a way also the reason why it ranks. It helps in ranking because um, yeah, it's just a better uh, experience. Our team has been advocating for this back then in, in Google quite a bit, and we've been building up a, a, basically a basket of things that you can do in order to improve your page speed. And I think what I like to share is and what I've, um, I've been talking in, in many places now about is how to think about page speed in a little bit of a different way as a marketeer right to have to just you know rough fundamentals of it nailed down so that the conversations with the developers become a little bit easier right because mm-hmm. it can be very easily um sort of the direction of yeah we have to improve our servers or we have to improve our infrastructure in order to get our site faster but that is not necessarily the case or that's not necessarily really what you would have to do in order to just get your content quicker on the page. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I guess what you're saying is with like, as a marketer, sometimes we're telling developers like, Hey, we need to make the website faster, but it kind of, sometimes developers might be pushing back because they're saying it's like so many things to do, server optimizations. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And I basically want to maybe share a little bit about how to think about page speed as a marketeer. So you have a bit of a better understanding on why pages are showing up slowly on the screen. And it's actually much simpler Mm -hmm. than you would think at the first place. And second, also maybe share a couple of uh, common tricks, right, that can be done in order to get the page faster and share a little bit of background on why they can be helping to get the uh, page faster on the screen. And a lot of them really don't involve a lot of uh, development work. So that's that's about it okay perfect yeah so let's go on let's yeah let's talk talk about a little bit about page speed and sort of you know how a marketer should really understand that and kind of what that really means for them exactly cool so i think there's a lot of metrics right that are flying around in the page speed world there's the load time there's the time to first byte. there's starting of a rendering of a screen right all these approaches um there is a very handy tool that everybody can use it's uh, pagespeedtest.org and um basically It's done by a Google team and you can basically just put your page in there and you will get a speed index, right? Mm -hmm. And this is really a simple metric. If you're a marketer, throwing your tool 
into the uh, webpagetest.org. I, I just, sorry, I spelled it wrong before. Webpagetest.org. You, you throw your URL in there and you get something called a speed index. And the speed index is nothing else than telling you how long does it take until your first screen, right, the above the fold content, how long does it take until, until this is fully loaded? Because in reality, this is what creates the perception of speed of a page for an individual, right? How long does it take until the first screen that I see is fully loaded? Therefore, that's the first thing that I would give to marketers. If you struggle to figure out like what to actually care about, the load time, first byte, start render, fully loaded, think about speed index and you will get that very, very easily in the tool. And it's actually done by a Google team. It's not an official Google product um, okay. because it's yeah. just done some of the developers. So it doesn't look like any, you know, of the fancy Google products, but it's, it's done by the team and it gives you that speed index. And that helps you to start shape your thinking already. A speed index is basically the milliseconds that it takes to fully paint that first screen. If you want to be, you know, loading by maybe three seconds, you should be having a speed in that index that is around 3000, right? And, and so on and mm. so forth. And three, three seconds is, is really what you should definitely not go above because people jump between tabs, even on mobile, very quickly. And if you're loaded when they're coming to yours, it's, uh, it's a bad experience and they're going to drop off most likely. So that's the first thing that I would say. Thinking about speed index, because it would really determines what, how, how people experience your page. And you can get that easily through the tool. And then with speed index, do you think it's even now more important with everybody, kind of what you said before with mobile, where people aren't LTE, 5G, is that sort of what that's helpful for as well, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, 5G is it's very good, but in reality, in reality, a lot of visitors might be on 4G or even 3G fast, right? Within Google, when we were in our Google team, the baseline that we were taking for our measurement, that, that's you know, what, one and a half years ago now, I'd say probably now improved a little bit, but we were looking at 3G fast because mm -hmm. the baseline for a lot of users is actually not the fastest connection that is out there, but an average connection, right? Some people on older phones in, in locations where the connection isn't that good, you take the fastest possible scenario. You have to take a scenario that is close to the reality of a vast majority of users. So for example, test, you can, can actually on webpagetest.org, you can actually change uh, your loading time from 3G fast to 4G to 5G to test what would be the differences if somebody is on these different connections. Yeah, and I think this makes sense too, because even for us, when we test websites for clients or brands, we're on like a super high, fast connection, office connection. And then you forget that the users might be on mobile, might be walking around. We're based out of New York City. You know, New York City subways have terrible connections. Yep. So you forget that, you know, 4G could be like what they're doing. And, they, and then you, you might be missing out on sales potentially. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's one key element to this. And because if you run your tests there, what you will be able to see is, oh, wait, actually our screen is blanking white <laughs> for what, eight seconds? And yeah. then only the headline loads, and then it takes another three seconds or five seconds to get the yeah. picture up and running. Um, so this is what you're going to be realizing then. And yeah, so this is, I think, the first initial point to, to sort of have the one thing that you care about, speed index, because it helps you to figure out, okay, what, how long does it take until my content is actually being loaded on the page? Okay. And um, now the next step would obviously be, how do you improve that, right? What is the steps? What can you, which is the directions even that you could try 
to figure out what can be can be done um, and I could be sharing maybe just a couple of things okay. to give you get you in that mindset of how you could be thinking about this and basically right the browser and I want to keep it on a very simple level basically the browser works uh, along the critical rendering path right very simple concept the browser has to get to download and to execute all the assets that you want to show on the website your and then by assets, you mean like JavaScript, CSS, images, correct? Exactly. Okay. It's, the, it's the individual files, right? It's the C JavaScript files, it's the CSS files, it's the images, it's the font files, it's the icon files, right? Everything that comes together to compose your initial screen, right? That has to be coming from somewhere. And um, what is really interesting is that when you talk about page speed optimization, very, very often uh, teams drift into the perspective of improving their infrastructure, their servers, because they could quicker send um, uh, the information, right? But one thing is interesting to keep in, in inside, which is the critical rendering path that I just mentioned. The way the browser has to walk in order to display the content on your site. That means, um, you know, it's uh, on HTTPS, uh, uh, you will have only a limited amount of the ports that are open to send the information through, right? So maybe in the first couple of seconds, you would send the JavaScript and you would send a couple of pictures. So each of those files basically has the potential to be improved, to load quicker, to load faster, to maybe don't load at all because it's actually not needed above the content, right? Or to leverage that it's already loaded in the browser. I give you one very hands-on example on this. If you think about your font files, right? Mm -hmm. The most used web fonts are Roboto and Open Sans, right, by far. What that means is if you're using a web font that is very specific, right, but maybe is not that far off of Open Sans and Roboto, it might be worth to switch for the one reason. The fact or the person in many, many cases, I would say around 70% of the cases, that's the last number that I've heard, have already loaded your Roboto font or your Open Sans font, right? Yeah. They've already cached it in the, in the browser, which means they don't even have to reload this. Right? This is just one small example uh, that I wanted to say here, which is if you just look at the angle from the fonts, you know, it, is it really, really that much of a value to use that very specific font? Or is it better to use a font that is widely used, mm -hmm. hence already loaded, hence they, don't never, uh, they don't never have to wait for your words even appearing on the screen. Yeah, no, this, this definitely makes sense. And then like, it's interesting because it makes perfect sense, but then like when you're talking to designers, they're gonna be like, no, I don't wanna be using that. So it's yeah, like, I get it's that. always I get a balance that. between dev work, marketing, and then designers with a branding. And I yes. think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I know what you mean. But yeah, I think you raised an important concept before for other people to understand is, when you download something on the browser or it's loading, kind of what you said before, there's a limited amount of ports or connection to download so like you have a hundred fonts you can only download i'm not sure what the exact number is but it's like five or ten and then you have to wait for that to completely download and then the next 10 start it's not like oh it's not like a big zoom like everybody comes in which i think a lot of marketers exactly. might not realize that but exactly. i know google is trying to fix that so my major point would be here look at everything that you push on the side right and then maybe have in the back of your mind also going on wait could that somehow impact page speed I want to give you a couple of other examples. If you're loading something like a carousel, right, where you can scroll through, 
on the top of your screen, right? Where you have maybe, you know, five different marketing messages coming from the left to the right through your, through your screen. Some marketers like to use this. Many, many move away from this, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I hate using it. <laughs> yeah, I can, give, I can give you an interesting example why it's really, really harmful for page speed. And this goes back to the concept of the um, critical rendering path. One thing is important to know. Everything that is CSS, so everything that styles the page, and everything that is JavaScript that makes the page interactive, right, is blocking the rendering of the screen, which means everything that includes CSS and JavaScript will be downloaded and executed before you can see anything on the screen. Mm -hmm. So now thinking about a carousel, a carousel is something interactive. Mm -hmm. So in most cases, it will have CSS, definitely. And in most cases, also JavaScript, right? To allow the effect of it, you know, sw um, moving from one to the other one, exactly. So what that means now is, plus it has five pictures. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now you look at this carousel, which you just looked at from, at the first place, you just looked at it from a pure design angle and you might argue for or against it, right? But now you take on the hat of page speed. And then there is a very, very clear argument against it because it's at the top of your screen. You know, metrics probably tell you everything with the third, fourth, and fifth image. But it's, it's at the top of the screen and it loads with JavaScript, which means the time that it takes to load that carousel directly prolongs the time until the page even starts showing anything, mm -hmm. right? Because it's JavaScript, so it has to be downloaded, it has to be executed, and, and then this um, screen can only start showing anything on the, on, on, on the screen. Plus, you will have five or six images if they're not compressed or optimized who take ages to load as well. And we spoke about the limited connections where content is being running. So it, it means from several angles, a carousel in this case is really harmful for your speed index. And now you have to really weigh this against what is the benefits, right? If I'm not even getting, let's say, a lot of clicks on the third, fourth, and fifth picture as an example. Right? Exactly. Most people probably click maybe the one or two images on that carousel. So realistically, you can just boil that down to one image and then that removes. Now you just have one image. You don't need CSS. You don't need JavaScript. And then you can really help out the page speed because yeah, carousels is one of those weird trends that people don't click at all. It's like, exactly, yeah. exactly. And then, and then where are you now? You are in a situation like you were saying that you want to send one image, right? You have to obviously the design team has to figure out what should that one image be, but then, you know, the whole concept goes further. Now we're looking at one image. How can we optimize that one image, right? You can think about compressing the image and all of that, but maybe I can share one interesting trick that is working really well for people that want to optimize the pages is we spoke about the limited amount of connections, right? And uh, we spoke about the CSS and the JavaScript being loaded first because it's blocking basically the rendering. So only until they are done, anything else can be, be shown. So now, if you think about this first image, and this is more a little trick that you can maybe tell to your developers, it's called base64 encoding, which means you take your one image now. There is a lot of base64 encoders where you just basically take your image, you throw it up, and you get your image back in a code form, mm -hmm. right? A long line of code that is your image. And now what do you do, what do, you do with your image? you put it into your HTML because the HTML is the first file that's being loaded. 
So what happens now, your image is now being sent automatically with the very, very first requests, instead of being request number maybe 24, 25, 26, amongst all the other pictures that are being pulled, right? Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. You, Lucas, are you still seeing people doing like sprites? I remember sprites were big back in the day where you have like one big image and then like with CSS, you would like position it in that element. Do you remember that? That was like a trend. Yeah. So what we've been actually, if you, if you speak uh, about images, there's a, a couple of other things that we've been doing more and more so in our teams. It's just one thing. If you're thinking about that one first picture, just yeah. mentioned the base 64 encoding. Other things that we've been doing uh, would be using source set. Um, now we're getting a little bit more into the weeds, but it's basically uh, you're showing different uh, sizes of pictures for the different sizes of images that are being required. So you never load a too large picture. And another very, very simple one would be uh, lazy loading your images because mm, okay. you have a lot of images below the fold, right? That only are going to be required once users are scrolling down. So now again, this is, I think, just the, the concept to have in mind when thinking about page speed. Everything in page speed is a trade-off. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you are downloading all your images because you want to have them ready at the very beginning, right, what happens is, as I said before, overloading gets slower, you know, and it takes longer to even get the site ready, yep. especially if your hero image sits somewhere among all those pictures. Right? Yep. No, that makes sense. Okay. Now, lazy loading will allow you to basically just load the pictures when they're needed, right? The users start scrolling and then they start loading one by one, one by yeah. one by one by one. Um, and then, yeah, you can basically just like search for lazy loading and, and put that in front of your developer's desk and yeah. say, hey, why don't we just load the bottom pictures a little bit later? Yeah. I don't want to go so much into the deeds. It's more yeah. really giving you the concept of that there is a critical rendering path and each of the things that you're putting has an enormous impact on the, on the page speed. Just a small one that people usually don't think about is if you're thinking about your icon set, right? Mm -hmm. Ico Moon or any other icon set, they can turn into really, really big files to send. But then check your website. How many of the 360-something icons yeah. are you actually showing on the page? Yep. So rather, take the five icons you use, load them in a small file, and they're being there rather than all the icons being loaded. Yeah, that, the icon one is a great one because when I was a developer at, uh, in San Francisco, we would load the whole like 1,000 icons just because we never knew when we might need it. It's like... That issue, yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So there's tons of those little ones, and obviously now going into all of them is, is definitely probably too much for, for this call. But just if yeah. you go to webpagetest.org, load your page in there as a marketer and see for 3G fast, 4G, maybe 5G, how long does it take, right? And are you happy with the results? You should definitely aim for speed index, as I said before, below 3,000, which means the screen loss in quicker than uh, three seconds. And if not, you will be able to see there's a nice coloring for each of the different file types, CSS, JavaScript, images, font files. Um, and you will see what has the impact, like what is all loading before your page turns from a blank screen to, you know, something where a user can see something. And I think with, equipped with that knowledge, I think a marketeer can really have a good argument in the conversation with the development team to, you know, maybe even start to self-identify yeah. a couple of issues. Like, well, we are loading what, like 10... Yeah. 15 JavaScript text <laughs> at the very beginning, a little bit of them, you know, because there's ways to defer or delay asynchronously loading of JavaScript. Those JavaScript that is not required at the very beginning, just let it load a little bit later, right? So it's not blocking the um, critical rendering path anymore. If it's not required, you know, thinking about the JavaScript that you have in your checkout cart. Yep. You don't and need I, that. In the you don't need that. Effect. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think as a marketer, this is really going to impact your work because a faster website means you're going to get more conversions. You're going to get more sales from if you're doing paid advertising. For us, yeah. we tell clients all the time, we need pages less than five seconds because we know yeah. it affects. We do a lot of Facebook ads, so we will see a huge drop off when the load time is really slow. People will click on your ad, but then they won't wait to load. So then for us, it's wasted money. So I think a it marketer, is, yep. You it is, to, I mean, yep. think about yourself. You're clicking on an ad and you're looking at a white screen. How long are you willing to wait? Yeah, right? you're, not, you're not. Yeah, I look, yeah, I look at it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back because I always go, I'll go back later. Later never comes. Oh. Can you talk to people about maybe your podcast that you also host where you, you yeah, teach sure. other experts, this, you talk to other experts as well? Yeah, sure. So I'm a founder of pathmonk.com after uh, my time at Google and also Workday. So we are um, a conversion optimization tool. So we help uh, marketeers to win more clients from their own websites. And we do that by a technology that we developed called uh, smart cards, right? And it's, an, um, it's basically a technology that understands exactly what a user is doing on your page in real time, but also understands your product. And it will always show them the one smart card that is most likely to lead them to a conversion. You know, might it be a testimonial video on a card that is sliding up on the screen? Might it be frequently asked questions? And there's basically an artificial intelligence below it that figures out over time, which card do I have to show to this particular user in order to, to you know, increase the likelihood of convers conversions by around 40% uh, somewhere uh, in, in that lines. And um, yeah, so... It, in regards to that, uh, working on, on Pathmonk, we, we speak to SaaS founders, software founders, and uh, learn about how do they think about conversion rate optimization on their page? How do they get bookings for more demos? Um, yeah, so you can check it out on pathmonk.com slash presents. I love your website too. The smart cards is so smart. I think like if you know exactly what the user is doing on your website, show them a testimonial ad, show them a review, show them something to get them convert. Yeah, it's great. Or even like a phone number to call you guys. It's a great that idea. Is, yeah. There's something very interesting in that, which is basically the system understands exactly the pattern of actions that people do that lead to most conversions. Think about it like this. A user is coming to a page the first time. Now there is a pattern of actions, such as scrolling down a couple of times, switching maybe, you know, coming back. And there is patterns that are emerging that are more likely to lead to a submission, right? Because ultimately the human is trying to find information, maybe comparing to another site, coming back and now they're submitting, right? And this is the point in times where smart cards appear with helpful information because the reality is still that 98% of the users on a website never convert, never leave their contact information. Mm -hmm. So we basically learn to understand what is those key patterns? When do we have to bring up which card? And then in order to maximize the conversions. No, it's a great idea. I think, yeah, I've seen it on your website. I've seen it on a few other websites as well. And it just makes sense. If people, if you can help users get to that action, you're going to get more conversions. And then it's a great app. I think people should just definitely check it out. Okay, Lucas, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. I had fun. I know I learned a lot. And I think marketers that are listening to this podcast are going to understand kind of the few things that you mentioned, you know, the speed index, how to improve that speed index, assets, how they affect your the critical path, the limited connections in the browser, carousel images, how they might be good or bad, and sort of maybe how you can eliminate that. And then, of course, if you have images, the base 64 encoding. So they'll learn a lot of things from you. Thank you, Lucas. I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you.
This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.